say the same thing. And his persecutors, they say in every gospel, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus says, you have said so. They, they rip their clothing and they put them on the cross. According to plan. For us. Do y'all believe that? Like uh, John Piper, the preacher that was just in that song, said, um, that happened. It was in every gospel because um, God wanted to get the point across that uh, He's got a plan for our life. Every single one of us in here. Um, I don't care where you've been, um, what you've done in the past. Um, there was a man that died on the cross and rose again for your sins to, uh, to, to take care of that. Um, Jeremiah 29.11 says, um, For I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not harm you. Plans for a hope and a future. That is the God that Christians all around the world are serving. That is a God that Christians in other parts of the world die for every day. Um, so that's, that's what I'm coming to tell you, that God's got a plan for your life. And I'm going to share my heart I'm going to kind of give you a little glimpse into where I came from and where, what God's plan for my life was. And um, that is the Lot Project. That is what has happened in Anderson, South Carolina. Um, buddy Jason down here, he's teamed up with me. And um, it is just amazing what God's doing. And um, so uh, our pastor at our church, we go to New Spring Church in Anderson, South Carolina. It's Pastor Perry Noble. He always says that you were created on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose. And um, so that, that is the message I'm trying to get across. Um, in 1 Timothy 2, 3-6, Paul is speaking about praying for other people. And he says, This is good and it pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as ransom for all men. Um, that is the heart of, of the Lot Project. That's what we're doing. Um, we know that God is not done with anybody that we come in contact with. Anybody we drive past on the street, anywhere, if they've got life, air, breathing into their lungs, that God is not done with them. And that's what we believe, and it's scriptures like these that tell us it is His will for everyone to be saved and come to Him. And, and that is what we're trying to do. We're trying to step out of our comfort zones as a ministry, and we are trying to, we're trying to reach the people that wouldn't normally be reached, the people that stink, the people that um, you, know, you may think are dirty, um, just the, the people that... They're not getting what we get every day, and we're just trying to show them the love of Christ. Um, this morning, I'm going to be preaching out of Matthew 25, 31 through 46. If you've got your Bibles, if you would, turn to that. And uh, just to set this up a little bit, this is one of the most um, talked about and uh, 
studied parables that Jesus had. This is the parable where uh, Jesus is actually explaining the uh, final judgment. And, um, and it's, it's a weighty subject. Um, it's, it's proof that there's a heaven and there's a hell. And that there's two places that we can go when we die. We can go to heaven or we can go to hell. And what he's doing right here is he's breaking it down for the people he was speaking to. He's putting it in layman's terms, so to speak, uh, so they could understand. And uh, back then, you know, there were shepherds around. And so the parable is about the sheep and the goats. So that's what he's using to explain this. Um, in verse 31, it says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, He'll sit on the throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. Um, now let me break this down just a minute. Um, in Palestine, where they were right here, um, He's talking about sheep and goats. They were very easy to tell apart. Um, I was reading um, some commentary on this passage right here, and they said that they were so easy to tell apart, even in the dark of night, they could be told apart. What that tells me is when it comes time for every one of us to be judged, that it's going to be easy for Jesus to look at us and look at our life and to tell us apart. And uh, if we're on the right, we're, on the, we're, we're righteous. But if we're on the left, we're condemned. And um, so I, I want y'all to feel the weight of that. I'm not trying to preach a hellfire and brimstone sermon, but I want you to understand that there will be judgment one day and everyone will be judged according to what they do and what they don't do. And that's where the conviction in my life as a Christian came to me on my couch two, uh, about a year ago. I looked out the window, and I saw these kids in my neighborhood playing. I'd been there for about a month. I didn't know one of those kids' names, not even one. And I was just there because it was a cheap rental house. You know, we tried to find the best deal with college students, you know, balling on a budget. And uh, we were there. We, we've got this house. We're staying here. But we just so happened that we moved into a, a, a fairly low-income part of the community. There was um, Section 8 housing in there, and there was a lot of kids there. I love kids. I love playing with my cousins. I love um, when uh, I've got friends that have kids, and, I mean, they can attest if you go ask. I love them. I am a kid. I'm a big kid. And I, I enjoy playing with these kids. And uh, I just uh, God spoke to me, and he's like, you're going to be judged for what you do and what you don't do. Um, this church is very special to me because at 23, I, I came here right after that I received Christ. And uh, grew up in a Christian home, uh, but I just never got it. And I lived a life, man, or, of just doing what Matt wanted to do. I lived a life make, pleasing myself, involved drugs, alcohol, you name it. I was just totally running away from the plan that God had for my life. Now, that might be you in here right now. I don't know. I don't know a lot of you here. And lights are in my eyes, and I, honestly, I can't see your, a lot of your faces. So, um, but I'm just telling you, man, I know that that's the way it is. That's the way it is in the world. Some people know Jesus, and some people don't. Um, but at this time, I did know Jesus. And I actually had been studying this, this 
Scripture right here. So where we're at right here, we know the Son of Man's coming in all of His glory. It's a judgment day. And He's going to put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. You know, right now, ask yourself, you know, what, which one? Which one am I? I'm telling you, I don't want to be on the left side. I want to be on that right side. I want to be a sheep. Jesus in Scripture always referred to sheep as His children. He was a shepherd, and, and that was His flock. So I, I want to be a sheep, and I hope that y'all want to be sheep too. Um, goes on in uh, 34 to say, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick and in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. I knew I had to do something about these kids in my neighborhood. Um, I had been volunteering at our, our youth group Fuse at New Spring, and um, I was like, these kids aren't getting to, they're not getting to church. Um, they're not going to a youth group. I knew the churches around, and I mean, it's just really, it was just, God put it on my heart. He's, he's like, this is something that you need to do. I had just recently started mentoring a kid through a program in Clemson, South Carolina. It's the town right beside us. And um, it, was a, it was a program that had mentors for kids that had incarcerated parents. And um, I'm telling you what, when, when I saw, when I, I met Madre, that's what his name is. When I met Madre and I started to see his life and what he had to live through that he didn't ask for, um, God really broke my heart, and um, I knew that there was more kids out there. So, um, make a long story short, because I'm here to preach the word, not my story. Um, yeah, I took him to church, and then the next week I took three to church. The next week I took five to church. The next week I had to have a van, borrowed a van, took it to church. The, that next week it was full, and then I mean now we have a bus a big bus, 64-passenger bus, a short bus, 15-passenger bus, um, a van, and we've got a building we feed out of. Um, we got street ministry. We go out in these, uh, the rough part of the neighborhood and minister to people, street evangelism. We work with prostitutes. Um, that is the heart of what we do. And just like I just read in the, in the Scripture... Jesus said, I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I was sick and in prison, and you visited me. We are taking the Scripture literally. We're, we're trying to apply this Scripture, the Word of God. If He said, this is my Word, it, it was here in the, in, in the beginning, and it, and it always will be, I'm going to take it literally. 
If it tells me to do a backflip, I'm going to do my best to try. You know, I, I mean, I'm going to take it literally, and that is what the lot project is about. This is the scripture that convicted me, and I just took it out, and Jesus has worked through me like he promises he does. And he has just put a fire inside of me. He sent me the people to work with. Jason is, is proof of that. And, I mean, this boy right here, I call him Big Country. I mean, he, he'll kick a door down in a second and go up my crack house and preach the Word of, word of God. And I, I'm, just, I'm just saying that's the kind of stuff that um, we're involved in. And it's amazing to see what God's doing. Um, I, these people that Jesus was talking about, his sheep, you know, they, they asked him, when do we do these things? They were so affected by the gospel that they acted subconsciously out of the overflow of what God was doing in their life. The gospel had affected them exactly the way the gospel is supposed to affect us. This is a dangerous book right here. If you pick this book up and you're going to bother reading a page of it, I pray that you will put it into action. Because if you don't, the Bible tells us that if you know my word and you don't obey it, that there's going to be consequences to that. And Jesus says, those who love me will do what I say. So that's, that's my question. That's my challenge right here for the Christians in here. If you don't know Jesus, you know, you're off the hook right this second. And um, I'm talking to the Christians right here. If you're reading this word and you're not applying it to your life, then we need to... There's a question you need to ask yourself. Uh, their acts of love right here were rooted in their loves of God, for God. You know, like I said, the overflow of what God was doing in their heart, they're acting out of that. God pours into us because He loves us. We're His children, and He wants to overflow our cup, like David said in the Psalms. He overflows my cup. When we seek Him, we find Him, and we get more than enough. So... They're just acting out of the, of the love that God's already put into them. So Jesus didn't say, those who believed in me. He said, those who feed me. He didn't say, those who went to church every Sunday and didn't miss a Sunday. He said, those who gave me something to drink. He didn't say, those who put Christian on their Facebook. He said, those who visit me when I am, or, or invite me in when I'm a stranger, or visit me when I'm sick in prison. Folks, it's not about what we do, you know. It's not, a, it's not like a, we're not playing charades here. There's not any way that your walk with God's going to look exactly like mine because God's made you as an individual. And He's got a plan for your life. And my, your, the plan for your life ain't going to look like the plan for mine because God's given you specific gifts for every one of y'all, and He's called you to something different. Don't you think somebody that you grew up with from childhood is going to listen to you before they listen to me? Don't, th don't you think some, some respect's going to come through that relationship that you've built? I I'm just telling you that God's got a plan for your life specifically. Are you listening to it? In Ezekiel 11, 19-20, says, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. Right here, folks, this is telling us 
when we step out and we show the love of Christ, His heart for His people. See, we, we worry about, man, I've got to get, get this together, man. I've got I to gotta clean myself up before I come to God. We don't have to clean ourselves up before we come to God. He wants us to come broken and shattered so He can piece us back together. He's the one that's put us together in the first place. So I'd much rather Him do that than me try to do it myself. So we've got to understand that when Jesus comes into our life, He gives us a new heart. That's why we have a heart for other people and we don't have a selfish heart for ourselves anymore. Yes, we have to die to that flesh daily. We've got to continue to die to our selfish ambitions and wants and, you know, uh, that little voice that tells you, oh, I might get dirty if I mess with this people, I might get sick or whatever. Uh, We've got to die to that flesh because the, the Word of God speaks louder than that. You know, if, if the Great Commission tells us to go make disciples of all nations, if we're not... If we don't have the heart for somebody that is not eating in another country, if we don't have a heart for somebody in another country that is dying of diarrhea, that we can just go to the corner store and get some medicine for, if we don't have a heart for them, question where your heart's at. It's hard for me to know and believe that Jesus would live in somebody's heart that could not be broken by that. He gives us a new heart. He gives us eyes to see. And He gives us the ears to hear what He is calling us to do. So these people, these are His sheep. These are the people that have His heart. These are the people that have His eyes, His ears. They listen to Him and they do what He says. Verse 41. Then He will say to those on His left, Depart from Me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. Are we too good to help other people? You know, I mean, like, do, do we just sit in the walls of the church and minister to a bunch of People that are already here? You know, that's the question I've got to ask. I'm, I'm guilty of it. I say we because I've been there. I've done that. I can still fall in that category today. But what are we striving to do? Because, you know, this is what the Word of God says. And He's splitting people up because of what they're doing. Sheep and the goats. And I, I, that's the question I've got to ask. Man, we've got to get out of the walls of these churches. Everybody, the body, the body of Christ, we have to get out of the building because we're the church. The people that, that make up these buildings, these congregations, we're the church. We've got to take the church. If we've got to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, we've got to take our church. If we are, as Matthew 5.14 says, you are a light in the world, we've got to take the light to the darkness. What does that look like for you? You might work in an office and be like, what can I do here? Well, I'm telling you, I bet you there's a dark cubicle in your office. I bet you there's somebody in your office that doesn't know Jesus. In fact, I know there is. It's not like we've got an office out here that, you know, 30 people working and every one of them's a Christian or they wouldn't be in an office anymore. They'd be at church. You know, on, on lunch break, you'd be out feeding the homeless instead of taking, taking a lunch. And uh, I'm just, 
I'm just saying, like, there are dark people everywhere you work. If you're working at Walmart, there's, there's, there's darkness there. And you're a light because Jesus lives in, within you. You know, what, what is it that, that we can do um, to, to have an effect on those people? We've got to ask ourselves, okay, when we look at the man that Jesus was, fully man, 100%, fully God, 100%, when we look at that, We've got to ask our question, was Jesus overqualified to come from heaven down to earth to be born in a manger because there wasn't any room in the inn, to be born in the manger beside filthy farm animals? Was he overqualified to do that? Was he overqualified to wash the dung off the disciples' feet? It's not like now when we wear sandals, man. You, you just go out and just uh, prance around in a, in a prairie or, uh, I mean, in a, in a cow paddy field that's got cow patties in it. That, that'll get you about as close to what their feet was like. They were filthy, dirty. But, but the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, got on his knees with a towel wrapped around him and washed the feet of his disciples because he wanted to give us an example of the way we're supposed to treat other people. If he can do that, we've got to ask our, ourselves, I think he was a little more qualified to do that. I think he was a more, little more qualified um, than to get spit on and to beat and beat to death and hung on a cross. He's a little more qualified to do that. So I'm not going to put myself ab above um, doing the things that he did. I, I just, I can't, because if he's our example, then we need to follow in behind his example and look the way he did. That's why he came. That's why he came to earth, was to be that example for us to see how we're supposed to live here. That's why he was 100% man. Um, goes on in verse uh, 44 to say, they will also answer, Lord... When did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and he did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous, will, the righteous to eternal life. No man or woman in here can face in two directions. Look, I, I mean, I'm always going to be faced over here. I don't have eyes in the back of my, my head. My face is this way. I can't at the same time be over here. I mean, it's impossible. How can we say that we're going this way, but really we're faced this way, but we want to walk this way? We can't, we can't do that. No man can be doing two, two different directions in their walk with God. You're one or the other. Um, I, I was studying in the library um, for this sermon, and um, I ran across this and some commentary talking about this um, scripture right here. It said, The hungry, the thirsty, the homeless, the naked, the physically afflicted, and the prisoner are here made the test. What we have done for them or failed to do is the judgment on us for good or bad. Notice the list. Such people require of us sympathy, both in the imagination and in the deed. They demand real self-denial, for none of the unfortunates mentioned can repay you. They ask obedience to God's quickening within us. 
for love is of God. I'm here to tell y'all folks, working with these people and dying to yourself in this way is not easy. It is not easy, but there are rewards that come out of that. We don't do those things so that we can get those rewards, but God's going to reward when you're obedient to His will. Um, in Acts 14, 21 through 22, um, just to fill you in, Paul has just been stoned. Right at, th This is the verse right after Paul was stoned. Not to death. He was stoned. His boys got up around, uh, gathered up around him, and, and he got up. Okay, it says in verse 21, they preached the good news in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. I, I've been through some tough stuff, but honest, honest to God, I've never caught a rock upside the head. Um, you know, I don't know if like they're not into that these days or, or what, but... Um, I haven't caught a rock upside my head yet, you know. I, I mean, if I do, you know, whatever. Jason will be there to pick me up or somebody else. But um, I, I've, ne I've never done that. But, but in reality, I mean, there's people being martyred today for their faith. And um, in China, we, we couldn't do this. You know, like, they're not allowed to worship God out in, out in the open. We couldn't do this. We're blessed and like, this is the norm for us. Yeah, what'd you do this Sunday morning? I, I went to church. Yeah, man, it was, it was good, man. He was preaching. Up. And it's like, man, you look at the dude's life the rest of the week and you're like, man, awesome. He went to church. You know, in the South, it's, it is the norm just to go to church. Like, oh, you don't go to church, man? It's like, you know, I mean, it, I mean that's, it's a curse for us. I mean, it really is, but we've got to realize that we are the church. You know, you don't go to church. You are the church every day. You take it out everywhere you go. You take the light into the darkness everywhere you go. You know, this isn't the place we come. We just gather together as a body in the church. So we are the church. Um, but this isn't going to be easy. Uh, just a little story. A couple weeks ago, um, Jason and I went and uh, we moved this lady. A le just she, a less fortunate lady, single mom, uh, got has a kid, works like three jobs to make it. She, she know, you know, she's just struggling right now. Um, and I mean, we moved her. Jason and I moved her in a truck, like everything she had, and. Uh, it, it was it was a it was a rough day. This was like at the end of our day, like after we had worked all day long. And um, the reason I say this was because Jason fell off the back of the truck, and like I mean, this mug like managed like to skin his whole leg up. And like I caught him. If I hadn't have been there to catch him, man, that mug probably have bounced his head off the cement. Um, but like that happened to him, man. And I mean, we just laughed. And I cracked up. I'm not gonna lie, because, but it, it was it was hilarious. It's always funny to see somebody, one of your friends, get hurt in front of you. You know, if it's not 
if we're not driving them to the hospital or something. But, um, but it was just so funny. But we were looking at it because, you know, that, that, is, that is the stuff that God's called us to. And, I mean, it's every other day that we're doing something crazy like that. As an organization, we're just trying to meet these little needs. We've got a vision that we stay inside, you know, feeding the hungry. We've got our street teams. We've got our buses. Um, we do those things, but there's odds and ends that just in our personal lives that we say yes to when we can meet a need just to show the love of Christ to somebody. And it left, it left us stinking that night, left Jason with a, a, a big wound, a battle scar, and... Uh, but, but it was tough, and this isn't going to be easy, but we've got to know that God is going to always be with us through this. Um, the question I've just got to ask everybody here, where is your, where's your faith at? Because if your faith is in Jesus, the love that He puts in our heart, that is going to spring out because of our faith. The love that's in our heart, it's going to be outward because of the faith that we have in Jesus. Um, we've got to understand and, and have the faith that men and women that are out here are worth loving. Even the ones that it looks like it's overdone with, too far gone. I cannot stand to hear somebody tell me that somebody is too far gone. Paul, when he was Saul, he was a murderer. He murdered People time after time again stood there because he, because he persecuted Christians. He murdered Christians for their faith. But yet he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. That's what God takes a... Uh, man, that guy is just... He's too far gone. He, took, he takes the too far gone and he takes them into another place, changes their life. That He changed his name to Paul because he wanted to show the life change right there changes their life and uses them to do great things. Four years ago, I was probably using drugs right now. Like right, right now, four years ago. But now I'm on stage talking to folks about what God's doing in my life and doing in our community. Because it's, it's not just the Lot Project. There's a bunch of crazy uh, Christians that just are taking this word literally and applying it to their life. And it's like an uproar where we live. And that can happen right here. I just want to say what, what I'm talking about. It's not going to be easy right now. As a church, if you're a member here, I want, to, I want to challenge you, if you're a member at this church, to get behind your pastor. Brandon, he came into a situation, a tough one. You know, transition. And... Um, but he's, he's got a heart. I know him. I've talked to him. I've spoke to him. He asked me to come speak, which is an honor. This church has been a huge effect in my life. But you've got to understand that this, ain't, this is not easy for him. He's a husband. He's a father. He's got one on the way. He's been in school. Y'all are his church family, and he has been appointed as the shepherd of this flock right here. Man, You've got to lift him up. If you're not praying for him, pray for him. If, if you're not behind him, get behind him. If you're going to come sit in one of these chairs, trust that God's got his hand on Brandon's life and he is leading him and Brandon is leading the way that God's called him to lead this church. Please, I'm asking you to do this because I'm in the shoes as a leader in the Lot Project and I know. 
I see a pastor every Sunday that is weighted down by the, that what comes at you when you're a pastor. And I see the urgency that he preaches with every Sunday. And I'm behind him. There's stuff I don't like at the church, but am I going to be a rock thrower or am I going to be one of those that gather around and help him get up? He's your leader. Help him get up because I promise you he is taking rocks. Promise you. Um, we've got to understand, like I said, the sheep, they've been given the eyes, the ears. If Jesus lives in our heart, he's going to give us the eyes and the ears. And when we have him, we're more likely to do what he wants us to do. This is the prayer I started praying from my couch. That day, I was convicted. God said, I'm going to judge you for what you do and what you don't do. And I knew that I had to start doing something. And I started praying every single day, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Give me your eyes to see what you see and the boldness and the courage to step out and do what it takes to make something change. Jason and I went out in Greensboro Friday night. Um, we went out with the, the Salvation Army or Night Watch or something, but um, they ministered to homeless people, and we went and drove around and um, just talked to some guys, fed them and stuff. And I'm telling you, man, this is a big city. This, this is a way bigger city than where we're at. And, and we work with a lot of homeless people. But Greensboro, I think I was look, I was, I know I was looking, but I was looking at the, the, the percentage of how many homeless people are in Guilford County. And I think it's like a study, I think it was a couple years ago, but 5,000 homeless people in Guilford County. And with the economy the way it is, I'm sure that number's probably climbing. Um, I've met college-educated people that are on the street. Um, and there, there's a lot of people out there, they're hurting, and we've got something that can change their life. Are we taking that to them? Are we bringing the light into the darkness? Um, I don't know if any of, of you have read the book, uh, The Barbarian Way. Uh, it's by Erwin McManus. Uh, there's a little quote out of there, man. It messed me up. Just to, I just messed me up. But um, when we work together, it's, it's an unstoppable force. There's strength in numbers, the uh, Bible tells us. And um, he's, he's explaining rhinos. And when rhinos travel in a pack, it's called a crash. And uh, rhinos can only see 30 feet ahead of them. But they like get up the they get up the speed when they're hurt, you know they're uh, what is it stampeding or whatever. Um, they get going, and they're not worried about what's way out there in the in the distance. They can only see 30 feet ahead of them. And um, the the statement right here says rhinos can only see 30 feet ahead of them. We may not be able to see what's at 31 feet, but we don't have to we don't have to be blind to what's right in front of us. There's a world that desperately needs God, a world filled with loneliness, hopelessness, and fear. We have somehow become deaf to a cry that reaches heaven coming from the souls of men. But God hears. God knows these people that we're speaking of. He knows them very well. And His heart goes out to them. Um, 
I didn't come here to explain the lot project. I'm trying to communicate God's heart for His people. I'm trying to communicate the love that God has for His people, the reason He sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross. I'm trying to communicate that. And um, that kind of love is shown when you minister to all of His people because it's His will that everyone is saved and becomes or comes into a relationship with Him. In James 1, 22-25, it says, Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. We should not be patiently waiting for the return of Jesus Christ. We should be actively displaying His love to everybody that we come in contact with. The Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead three days after He was crucified on the cross, lives in every heart of a Christian. Everybody's got that same power inside of them. Jesus said, you will do even greater things than I. Man, I, I'm telling you, man, he, he had an S on his chest when I look at this guy. I mean, he was raising people from the dead. Uh, he, he was healing blind. Followers of him in the Bible, they said even their shat, Paul's sh shadow was cast and people were healed by it. I mean, that, that is amazing to me. It's like we can read this book and it's like a fairy tale, but it's not. It's real. You know, people line up in the movie theaters to see Harry Potter's, the, the, uh, the opening Harry Potter new movie or whatever. And not all of these people, because some of y'all might have went and saw that, might have been there. Um, I don't know, but... Um, some of these people, they're so intrigued by it because it's magic. It's supernatural stuff. But here's something that we can crack open, and it has supernatural power when we apply it to our life. Amazing things happen. Out of this, these, this world, things happen when you apply the Word of God to your life. Are you applying, to this, are you applying this to your life the way God's called us to do it? The Bible tells us in John 10, 4, when He has brought out all His own, He goes ahead of them, and His sheep follow Him because they know His voice. John 10, 27 says, My sheep listen to My voice. I know them, and they follow Me. If we know Jesus, if He lives in our heart, we hear what He tells us to do. Sometimes that voice is quiet, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some quick action to it for anything to happen. You, I know I walk by and I miss opportunities every single day. But I try to be obedient to them when I see them. It's something as simple as holding a door for somebody and saying good morning with a smile on your face. It's something as simple as just buying some food for somebody and giving it to them when you know they're hungry you know they're needy. 
And who knows? They might be trying to hoodoo you. They might take those clothes off and go to a mansion somewhere. But I promise you, if you felt it in your spirit to help them and you help them, the coals are going to be dumped on their head, not on yours. You're being faithful to what God has called you to do. And if you've, if you've been tricked or whatever else, that's going to be on them for tricking, not on you for being faithful to what God's called you to do. In Hebrews 13, 1 through 3, it says, Keep on loving each other as brothers. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those in prison as you were their fellow prisoners and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were, being, were suffering. What if you were in the, the situation that some of these people that we encounter every single day are going through? What if you have been in that situation before? Put yourself in the position of these people that are hurting. These, these uh, little boys and little girls that grow up without a father, without a mother, without any kind of discipline or guidance in their life. These people that scrounge around for something to eat because they don't have the money to provide that. Folks, you've got to realize that the gospel that I read, it says that that doesn't have to happen. In the, in the church that uh, Acts talks about, it says there were no needy among them. And it was because the church continually fellowshiped and thrived to meet the needs of the people that were around them in the community that they were a part of. We, we've, got, we've got to have our eyes open to the opportunities that God puts before us. God's put certain people in your life because He wants to bless you. He wants you to be able to have an effect on their life, Him through you, have an effect on that person's life. He wants that to happen because He wants to be able to show you what His power does. And when you see that, I'm telling you, it's contagious. You might have been addicted to something before, but you will get addicted to that. You'll get addicted to the power that comes with applying the Word of God to your life and doing what Jesus tells you to do each and every day. So the question I've got to ask right now, uh, I, hope, I hope it's heavy in here right now. I hope it's heavy. But... What's God speaking to y'all right now? Individually. And this is where non-Christians come in. Christians, every one of you, I'm speaking to every one of you right now. Because if you don't know Jesus, and you, you know Him before you walk out of here, that whole sermon, man, you can, you, can, you can apply it to your life now, and you can see what supernatural walk with Jesus Christ looks like. But if you are a Christian and you haven't been doing this, then know this is the plan that God has for your life right here. Non-Christians, people that, that haven't ever accepted Christ, this is the plan that God has for your life. It's going to look different how do you contribute to all these things. It's going to look different. But that's God's heart for His people. And it might not be 
physically hungry, it might be emotionally hungry. Somebody might need a smile that day. Feed them. You know, somebody might need a pat on the back. I'm praying for you or whatever else. But, you know, let's, let's step out. And the vision for this church, and this is part of rallying up around Brandon, is one more. That's the vision of this church. The statement is to awaken one more soul to the possibilities of a vibrant life in Jesus Christ. How are we going to do that if we're not living a vibrant life for Jesus Christ in our everyday walk? If we're not showing the love of Jesus Christ on how we treat other people, how we talk to other people, how we minister to other people, if we can walk by somebody that we clearly know has a need that we can meet and we don't meet it, I pray that God convicts you for that. But for those of you in here that don't know Jesus Christ, I pray in the name of Jesus that He is drawing you to Him right now. And I want to give you a, I want to give you a chance to know Jesus before you walk out of this room. So if your heart feels like it's about to beat out of your chest right now, I'm going to ask you to do something bold. I'm going to ask you to do something that God has planned for you to do, whether you accept it or not. I pray you accept it. Because we've been looking at the final judgment here, and if you don't accept it before you leave this earth, you're a goat. So, because the gospel is bold, and, and it, is, it, it takes us dying to ourselves every day, if, if anybody in here doesn't know Jesus, I want to pray with you right now. And I'm going to ask you to, to bow your hearts. I'm not, if, you want to, if you want to bow your heads, folks, you can bow your heads, do whatever you like, but I ask that our hearts be bowed in front of a loving God in reverence to who He is and what He's done. And I want to pray right now. God, I ask you in the name of Jesus, anybody that is here right now that doesn't know you, I pray that you will draw them to you by your Holy Spirit. Lord, in the name of Jesus, if there is a beating on their heart, they feel like their heart's about to pop out of their chest, God, I pray that they know that Jesus is knocking on their heart and that they accept that. Anybody in here that wants to accept Christ, I'm going to ask you to stand. If you're a Christian in here right now, I'm going to ask you to pray that anybody in here that doesn't know Jesus will be bold enough to stand and to pray this prayer with me. Anybody else? Okay, ma'am, repeat after me. 
Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you have died for my sins. Come to earth, die for my sins. And that you rose again three days later. I pray that you will come into my heart. You will clean me from the inside out. That you will change my ways. You will change my desires. And you will put yours in me, Lord. I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, you will change my life and that you will show me the path that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, one more has entered the kingdom of heaven today. That is the gospel. We see it happen on the street. We see it happen uh, in the church. We see it happen in restaurants. Um, Romans tells us, Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that you will be saved. You can do that anywhere. You can pray that prayer with anybody. And Romans also says that God wants anybody and everybody to be saved. Who is that person in your life that you need to be bringing here next week? Who is that person in your life that you may need to feed? You may need to invite them over. They may be going through a tough time in their life. Who is that person in your life? I'm, a, I'm, I'm asking y'all that. Apply this gospel to your life. I'm challenging you. And rally up around your leader, Brandon. And y'all do this together the way it was intended to be. Amen. Don't allow him to walk on his own through this battle. Y'all are a church. There's strength in numbers. And y'all can change this community. And looking at this place and experiencing this place before, I know that this place could be busting out of the... Y'all could be busting out of here and moving on to bigger and uh, better places. So believe what's in this Word and apply it to your life. Thank you.